This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. me from project humanoid this is murder my dude i'm bp burke and today i'm jackson wills you are jackson wills. i'm here you are here well you're there i'm here right and from my perspective well I'm, I'm here from your perspective you're here and i'm there no matter where i am i'm here yeah yeah but to you i'm there yeah yeah i'm always here always there no literally i'm always here in this room right much. you don't leave yeah i don't even before covid you've been social distance yeah, you know there's that yeah like this is what I've been preparing my whole life for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is it. This is my time to shine. Now you are a social distancing meme. I am. You're a meme girl. Well, yes, I am. That's right. I'm the memest. All right. The memest there is. Do you have your mask on? I don't. Ah, oh, come on, Kato. No, I, I don't want it to to interrupt my dulcet tones. Plus, I'm I'm having a drink while we I do the show. So. Yeah. What what are we drinking today? Uh, we are drinking. Alcohol for some reason. We're <laughs> drinking alcohol. Yeah. Rubbing alcohol. We didn't get a parcel of marijuana. No, we got a parcel of liquor. Hmm. Uh, the way it works in Pennsylvania, yeah, is all Pennsylvania liquor stores are owned by the state. Uh, that, that's like by the not, TV show from MTV. Yeah, they're owned by um, Michael Ian Black. Yeah. and his friends. Right. He was in the state, right? I want to dip my balls in it. That was Camarino. It's owned by Camarino and his friends. Yeah. And, and Doug, that was uh, Michael Showalter. It was Michael Showalter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the state. And basically, wait, what, what was the pudding one? Barry and Levon. That was I forget. Was it, I think that might have been Michael Ian Black, and it was definitely that Thomas Lennon guy who was on a bunch of stuff. He was uh like Reno happened to you. Yeah, the Snickers, Snickers commercials. Yeah, yeah, that was him, and I think it might have been Michael Ian Black, but I'm not sure. It was a great cast. I, oh, the state was so good, so good. And this uh, Buzzkill, remember that? Yeah, <laughs> the one guy looked like uh, Isaac Mizrahi, and he actually started walking a carpet at him. Yeah. And the real Isaac Mizrahi got like so pissed at MTV. Yeah. By the way, as we record this, speaking of MTV, mm. happy seventy fifth birthday, Kurt Loder. Really, seventy yeah. five? What? Yes, seventy oh five years old. Speaking of uh, Kurt Loder, mm-hmm. happy Cinco de Mayo. Yes, yeah, he loves Cinco de Mayo. It's his birthday. Yeah, he loves it. I, I don't know. I but don't know to, to to uh, answer your question, we are drinking. Well, we're mixing it with, you're mixing with Diet Pepsi, I'm mixing with a uh, sugar-free iced tea. Iced tea. Iced tea. Iced tea. No, ice. Iced tea. Ice. Sugar-free iced tea. What, uh, what's that? What, hold on. What, what's the name that I always, uh, oh, with that voice that, like, if you say ice. Oh, my know. God. It's a uh, hockey, I think, or football. It's a lady. Uh, oh, man. I always do that voice. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, you do. You know what I'm talking about. I just can't. I can't recall it. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's. Oh my God. It's Fadul. Oh, Amy Fadul, Comcast Sports Yeah. Yeah. She she's a local sportscaster in Philadelphia. Yeah. We always thought she talked like this. It's me. It's Amy Fadul. Uh, but we are drinking Crown Royal Regal Apple Apple flavored whiskey, a product of the William Crown Regal Apple. Royal. 
Distilling Company mm. from our favorite country. America. Canada. Mm. That's our favorite country. Okay. Even though we do have more listeners in America. For now. For now. For now. Mm. In the United States. Way to let us down, Canucks. In the United States. Amer- Canada would be like, hey, hey. Oh, hey. We're, we're in America, too, eh? This is hey, North, Gorg, North America. Hey, Gord, let's listen to Murder My Dude, eh? I, I love our, all of our listeners. Canadian, American... Australian. Today, uh, we're doing a little something special for the English listeners. Mm. We have quite a few of them, too. Those cunts. What? Well, well, you know. You know what they did to us. We like them. Us. Yeah. Us. Our, our country. Oh. I have uh, I have something for that, too. I have a little bit of this. What do you have there? I have Jameson Irish whiskey. Oh, yeah. And what they did to my people. Come out, you black and tans. I don't have any yingling black and tan. That's, I, I didn't mean the drink. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've had the original black and tan though, where they they take they have this thing called Lord Chesterfield Ale. I know that drink. I've and had that drink. And they also have Yingling Porter, and they're very good separate. But basically, you take a little bit of the uh, chest or like sixty uh, percent Chesterfield Ale. Yeah. And then you, uh, I think you were supposed to float the ale on top of the porter, or maybe the porter. I think the porter's heavy, so we'd have to float the ale on top. I don't know how it works, mm-hmm. but that's what it's called that because the porter looks black and the ale looks tan. Gotcha. Because the porter's much darker. Right, yeah. But, um, yeah, so we are doing our show as we normally do, and we are in If you're in Philly and you go above Fifth Street, the porter, mm-hmm. porter definitely looks darker. Oh, jeez. What? Oh, boy. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, it's, just, it's just geography, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... As I was saying, uh, thank you for getting me back on track here, kind of. Um, mm. Pennsylvania, That's where, we, where live. we live, our, the state where we live, or some say Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, We've we yeah. brought that up many times already now. Yeah. We, uh, the state owns all the liquor stores. There's no privately owned liquor stores in Pen- Pennsylvania. Mm. So when the shutdown happened with uh, COVID-19, all the liquor stores closed, and the only way you could order... First of all, you couldn't for a while, you couldn't order hard liquor at all, like spirits. You could buy wine, you could buy beer at like, some supermarkets and some specialty shops but you couldn't buy hard liquor and they wound up opening up online but it was like hitting the lottery there were only there's 18 million people in pennsylvania and we even reported this uh last week we we're talking about how like liquor sales were through the roof and in pennsylvania if you, you had to be like one of these select special people who were able to um buy liquor online and now they're doing curbside service, but neither one of us drives, so it's a little hard to do curbside. But finally, over the weekend, I did hit the LCB lottery, so I stocked up, and I, I should be good on booze. Did you get Lindros? No, I didn't. Mm. No. Wait, LeClaire. LeClaire. What was L- who was the L in the L- LCB? No, you're thinking of the Legion of Doom line. Right. The, the LCB line was Reggie Leach. Oh, Reggie Leach. That's that's Bobby right. Clark. That's what it was, yeah. And Bill Barber. Barber. That was the old school That's what I'm line. Of. Yeah, that was the LCB line. I always confuse the LCB with Legion of Doom. Yeah, Legion of Doom was Hawk and Animal. <sighs> okay. They're on my shirt right now. Actually, that's Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, well, it's, they're dressed like Hawk and Animal. Yeah, no, yeah and then, no, it was, uh, that was uh, John LeClaire, Eric Lindros, and Michael Renberg. I remember... This is Hockey Talk. Now. I remember going to... It was called Front Page Sports in South Philly. Mm-hmm. And there was a... It was obviously a uh, sports like collectible place right but they sold comics and action figures mm-hmm. and i remember when you walked in there was a big glass case and i remember them having a uh i think it was like a legion of doom or whatever the hell they were called yeah uh poster that would have been in the 90s yeah they, and then i remember it said everything i remember going there and uh buying action figures um 
that we ended up using for our uh we our, would play with to- our toy wrestling federation. our wrestling yeah. yeah or fig fed fig fed that's what they're called now yeah uh and um i remember buying a ninjack mm-hmm. comic book and i also remember buying the green hornet oh which brings us to this week murder crown royal not a sponsor. Oh, it's not? They should be. They should be. They should be. Yeah. As we grow in Canada, Crown Royal may decide to sponsor the show. That's my hope. They, they can pay they, us They can pay us in Regal Apple whiskey. You're not wearing your mask. I am not. Okay. We are indoors. We are in our domicile. Murder hornets have arrived in the United States. Yep. Murder hornets. Uh, by the way, I don't know where the... Um, the windsock. The windsock is for this microphone, and I keep hearing a weird, like... It's it's like my voice is vibrating the um huh I, I'm not hearing it through my headphones the springs uh of this microphone give me one second I think I may be able to help stop that with putting some this is what we call on the fly production no it's on the microphone stand on the microphone stand. not on the fly with Jeff Goldblum All right maybe that that might help so I took some uh. Some tissue. Tissues. Tissues. Some nose tissues. Maybe that'll help. Ah. Ah. Actually, it's working. All right. Well, there Ah, you go. Ah. Ah. One. Ah, ah, ah. All right. So there we go. Murder hornets. Yep. Murder hornets. As if we didn't have enough to worry about in 2020 with COVID and and uh, another presidential election where you're not really that crazy about any of the candidates and all the other horrors going on in the world. Murder Hornets. It sounds like something that um, Alex Jones would say. Yeah, it's like murder 1776, pills. Murder Hornets! Murder Pills! Well, may, I, I bet people like that are going to think that this is just a hoax to get people to be afraid to go outside. I bet that's going to be the conspiracy theory behind this. Um, yeah. I have a feeling Yeah, that's where we're headed with this. Of course. But uh, yeah. let, let's just kind of go with actual science. and uh, Well, science isn't real. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. Uh, these massive insects, about one and a half to two inches long, mm-hmm. I will tell you in a second what happens here. We're having some technical difficulties. Usually they're one and a half to two inches long. They have been devastating Asia, Japan especially, and are now well on their way to North America. Mm. The bugs are distinctive because of their abnormally large size and also for their big eyes and orange and yellow stripes. The murder in the, horn- in the hornet's nickname comes from... The propensity they have to really, really, really fuck with bees. Uh, their their actual name is Vespa Mandarinia. It's Princess Vespa Mandarinia. And and these bees must have shot their hair because they are going to really? town on these bees. Nothing for the Spaceballs reference? That, that's why I said shot their hair. You did say that, didn't you? Yeah. You shot my hair. Damn it. <laughs> and then she kills them all and they go, that's pretty good. And Barf goes, you know, for a girl. And then the robot that's voiced by Joan, River go- Joan Rivers goes, that was pretty good for Rambo. I know my space balls. All right. I know space balls when I hear it. I know you know space balls probably better than <laughs> most people. Including Mel Brooks. Yeah. And, and these murder hornets, Vespa Mandarinia, they are known to attack beehives. And it doesn't take more than a couple of them, uh, maybe a little more than two, maybe four, three or four, to completely destroy an entire beehive in a few hours. They are like bee or terminators, basically, and and that sucks because by we the already, way, save the bees. Yeah, and that's that's a problem because bees do a lot of good things for us. They yeah. pollinate our flowers. They provide honey. 
Uh, they help get rid of other insects. Uh, so yeah, this is bad for bees. And that's not to say that humans are completely safe either. As many as 50 people a year die in Japan from murder hornet attacks. Their stingers are long enough to penetrate beekeeper suits, and their venom is toxic enough that a few stings can be fatal, even if someone isn't allergic. Four sightings of the hornet were reported this past December in Washington State, and now they're starting to grow a little bit. They've been spotted also in neighboring British Columbia as well, in Canada. Conrad Barubi, the chief. Uh, Barubi? That's why I just said the chief. Yeah. Yeah, Craig Barubi. He was uh, a legendary Philadelphia Flyer, former head coach as well. And and, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champion coach. He is the coach of the St. Louis Blues. Hmm. But this is Conrad Ruby, not Craig. Right. He is an this anim- guy. This guy is good at bringing back bees. No, no, he's not. Oh. Well, he is. He's a beekeeper. So yeah, he's an entomologist and a beekeeper. So maybe he's good at bringing back I'm, bees. I'm uh, making a Conrad Thompson reference. He's he, that he, guy brings back everybody. He's a beekeeper. So this guy provides bees like a mortgage for their house. Right. So yeah, pretty much. And uh, he survived this thing from the Chat murder hornet. And he said that the sting from the murder hornet was the most painful sting he's ever gone through, adding that his legs ached like he had the flu. So, you know, now we know what they're going to say. Like the people. Corona. Are, no, it's just like the flu. This is no, this thing is nothing. It's just like the flu. Yeah. Only a couple hundred thousand people are going to die from it. Oh, Nobody yeah. Because, cares. because, yeah, because only if, all if people one, are going to die. If one dies too many. Yeah. If one dies too many. And about 50 people in Japan died, and that's like maybe 13 Americans. Yeah, we could try to stop that, you know. We could. And we should. We should. Yeah. So, uh, Family of three arrested in shooting of security guard enforcing mask policy. So you kind of hinted on this when you were asking if I was wearing my mask. Yeah. And when I go outside, I do. I am a good mask person. I don't touch my mask when I have it on. I don't put it down the cough or talk to somebody. I keep that fucking mask where it is, and I don't touch it. Yeah, uh, kind of like the Green Hornet. In, yes. in the original uh, serials, where he had the the big face mask, right? He had the he didn't have he didn't wear the domino mask until later. He had the kind of like a um, like a surgeon's mask. No, it was like a it was like a, a ma- like a imagine with what like Kane wore in WWE. Okay, like a full face mask, like a full face mask. But like, Kane had kind almost of, like an old school goalie mask, like a yeah, right. Okay, so you're thinking of like a like a Jason. Kind of. Yeah, but but yeah, this is like Yeah, something like that. Okay. Where the eyes are cut out, but there's like no mouth okay. part. Uh so that you could wear that green hornet mask today. Yeah. You just but, and, and you couldn't wear the domino one. That's what a lot of those old school goalie masks were. I think they maybe just had a, even a little line for the mouth. But they only had the two holes for the eyes. And one of the reasons they got away from that and went to the more helmet style mask. No, they had holes all throughout it. Oh, they, oh yeah, that's right, they did. Yeah, it was like, well, it, was one, like it was hole punched. But one of the reasons they didn't, they stopped doing that was Bernie Perrant, because somebody had their stick went through the eye hole and took out one of his eyes, <sighs> and that's why they have the cage now in front of the face. Yeah. Poor so anyway, Bernie. that has nothing to do with happening here, and and I'm sure a lot of people who are in places, and this is everywhere in the world now, that are fighting COVID nineteen. Depending on where you live, you may need to wear a mask when you go out to a store or. Asia's been doing it for a while, and I, I like it. I like the whole mask thing. And it basically, in Pennsylvania, where we are, in a lot of places around the country and around the world, if you're going into a store or busy place where you might be in close contact with people, they're either encouraging or flat out making people wear a mask. And As they should. Yeah. Like anything to cover your fi- your mouth and nose. Th- it's, it's it funny. could be a scarf, it could be a bandana, it could be anything. We, we talk privately about this, and... Uh... 
you said you said the the line, but I mean, I obviously had the same feeling, you know, same thoughts on this. Um, but it, it was something like only in America do we. It was something about like us being bored. Yeah, we pretend something's not a problem anymore because we're bored of it or sick of it. Right, and that's kind of where we're at now. Like everybody's like, oh, we got to reopen. And I, it, under- it, I understand that if you're facing financial hardship, that sucks. Yeah, and a lot of people are, and that's why we should be doing what other places are doing, doing like UBI, just giving everybody money until we can reopen things. And st- like I, I, I saw it somewhere today, and I agree. Don't bail out the corporations, bail out the people. No shit. And but, that, that, but, but here's the thing: the it shouldn't take fucking COVID nineteen for that. No, it shouldn't. It should have always been that way. But the thing is, America's so fucked up. We live it, even we li- with COVID nineteen. We don't do it. We live in a place that I I know. I remember reading a, a story. I think it was in Florida, which of course it was. Yeah. Um, that people were getting arrested for feeding the homeless mm-hmm. because it was kind of like it was kind of like that whole like don't feed the ducks or don't feed right. the, the geese or whatever because if you feed them, they're going to keep coming back. Right. And it's like, well, feeding ducks, if you feed ducks bread, it fucks with their stomach. So there's actually okay. a reason for it. Uh, and and that's fine. But when it comes to ho- I'm I'm just saying it's like right. that yeah, thing. No. In exactly. some places, do they just don't want you to feed them? Not for, you know, stomach reasons, but because they don't want these things to keep coming back. Yeah, they don't want them and they don't want them shitting all over the place. Yes. They see some places see homelessness like it's it, like it's an animal problem yeah like it's a pest control thing. like we we want our places we want our our uh you know our cities to look pristine right and we don't want home and dude trust me i don't want homeless people all over the place either right but with that said the way to fix it is help them help the fucking yeah. people help them yes. yeah help them not push them away not we don't like, need to banish them yeah. to to fucking sewers yeah you know uh it's it's ridiculous that we care more about you know how how our fucking cities look than how our people are. I agree. Uh, I completely agree. And 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 so what we're getting at is and and this this story comes from Michigan and Michigan has the same thing going on as Pennsylvania and a lot of other places. You have to wear a mask if you're going in a store in Michigan. And the person in this case that was in charge of enforcing it was a man named Calvin Munnerlin. He was a 43-year-old security guard at a family dollar in Flint, Michigan, and he was shot and killed while on the job after refusing to allow a woman to shop without a face mask. Oh, shit. After noticing Charmel Teague's daughter shopping without a mask, Munderlin instructed her that she needed to wear one. According to prosecutors, Charmel then began, quote, yelling at Munderlin. And said in her husband, Booker T. Uh, her husband, um, well, I forget his name. It'll be Larry. Her husband's Larry name is Larry T. Yes, Larry T. Yeah. Uh, Charmel Teague's daughter was shopping without a mask. Yeah. And then she began, and not the daughter now, Charmel herself began yelling at Munnerlin, the security guard. She spit at him, and Munnerlin told her she had to leave the store and instructed a cashier to not serve her. By the way, this is why it sucks so bad for these security people and people in front lines, because you you're already at enough risk of contracting this fucking virus. Now people are spitting on you and shit like that and yelling at you and just spraying their fucking disease breath all over you. My heart really does go out to people on the front lines of this thing. It's crazy, too, how they'll they'll not take responsibility. They'll blame it on other shit. Well, what do you expect? Look, if you're on the internet long enough... It's like a fucking human being and not spit at people. If if you're on the internet long enough, Mm -hmm. you'll just see that people are fucking pieces of shit. Internet is a cesspool of negativity. But it's it's not the internet that does it. That's the thing, is that people will blame the internet. It's not Mm -hmm. the internet. It's this is what these people are. You can't blame the internet. Take fucking responsibility. Yeah, just puts a spotlight on me, right? For being, just be, be a better fucking person. But mm-hmm. I'll, 
look, I, I've been around, I'm not going to fucking name names, but I've been around so many vile, just negative, awful fucking people my whole life. And I lived with, uh, such a fucking person for a year. And then I see other people that are just like this person. And I'm like, you know what it is, is because people follow and they don't fall in line and, or they do fall in line. They don't stand out and say, Hey, you're just a shitty fucking person. And when they do, they get ostracized. So people like, uh, who's the one. So you, well, you said, Oh, spitting. So, uh, Charmel Charmel Teague in this case. Yeah. So Charmel spitting. Do you know how many people are going to be like, well, I would have done the same thing. Oh, well, you're wrong. If you're thinking that I, I, I saw somebody the other day, uh, on meet me, it was probably last week, actually, uh, yelling at their kid, screaming at their kid, saying, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. Get the fuck out of my room. They were yelling at their kid. Like they were like, she was a teenager yelling at her brother. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, there's no place for that. Not, it, it wasn't her brother. It was her fucking kid. Right. This is just, and, and then I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then somebody was like, somebody, <clears throat> excuse me. Someone else that was in a chat was like, um, oh, well, I would do the same thing. I I don't think there's anything wrong with what she's doing. And I'm like, well, that's the well, problem. You're not a good person. That's, that's yeah. the problem. You're not a very good person. And, and what happened here was, um, the, the daughter was kind of like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, she left and, uh, Charmel left after being told like the cashier was going to serve her. And the daughter was not has not been identified or charged. She doesn't show up again. But Charmel came back with her husband Larry T. Larry Teague. Yeah. And her son Ramonia Bishop. I wonder if he was waiting for his Ruka. Maybe. And, and they came back. Larry Teague was arguing with Munnerly about disrespecting his wife. And while they're arguing, uh, Charmel's son uh, Ramonia Bishop pulled a gun and shot Calvin Munnerly in the back of the head. Munnerlin had been working as a security guard for nearly 30 years with a year plus at that family dollar location. Now, <laughs> all right, let's stop for a second. Who pulled the trigger? The son. Ramonia Bishop. Yeah. Did this person think like, I'm going to get away with this? Or no, did they, they, or did they think thinking of that at that point? Or did they think this is the, the hill I'm going to die on because this is worth it? I don't think that 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 level of thought even went through their head. It's just like a snap thing. I'm gonna bet. I think when people do these things where they just shoot somebody like that, they're not really thinking about the consequences I think that, of their actions. I think that it's well. First of all, let me ask you a question. Uh -huh. If you had a gun, mm -hmm. would you do that? No. Okay. Why not? Uh, because that's just not the way you've trained your uh, right. yourself. Your brain's not trained that way. Mm -hmm. This these these people obviously are trained to to behave that way. Whether it's their upbringing or it's, you know, peers, whatever it is, they're just trained to be that way. Mm -hmm. Like you could, it, it's it's just like uh, the way you say things. Like if you say forehead and radiator, mm -hmm. at some point you either, you know, like you can, you can become self-aware of how you say things and then try to fix it. Or you just don't think that you say things, you know, weird. Right, you're and just going to do things your way. Right. Yeah, you're just going to do things well, right, Yeah, there's, there's usually like the three. Uh, I think in this case, they probably think that, that this type of behavior, uh, behavior is okay. Well, it's not, you know, you know, yeah. it's not fucking yeah. good or not right to take a gun and just go and shoot somebody in the back of the head. Right. Because they told somebody they couldn't be in a store because that's the law. <clears throat> and, uh, to, and, and, and to get to the uh, quote from law enforcement, the death of Calvin Munnerlin 
is senseless and tragic, Prosecutor David Layton told the media, and those responsible will be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. Under the law, rather. As they should. Uh, from all indications, Mr. Munnerlin was simply doing his job in upholding the governor's executive order related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Shermel Teague is being held without bail. At this time, Larry Teague and Ramonia Bishop are at large, and police are seeking assess- assistance in, in their arrest. And the, the crazy thing is, there's going to be so many people that know where they are that, you know, well, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole, uh, no snitching right. thing, you know, don't mm-hmm. snitch. Like, I think, I think if you say don't snitch, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. That's I, it. Especially you're in just a piece of shit. Like this, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm okay with somebody not, um, not agreeing with me, um, and getting pissed off at me and whatever, I, you know, like, should I? Am I going to be upset if, uh, I don't know, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's 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 a horrible situation, and hopefully they're apprehended sooner rather than later. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's This Week in Murder, and we do have a whole big section coming up here on the Yorkshire Ripper. Mm. We're going back to England, we're going back to the Ripper. This is where he uh, killed people with pudding. No. Just like last week when the, the guy with the, the alcohol. No. no. Was this that is, last week or was that two weeks That was ago? last week. Okay. No, that was two weeks ago. Yeah, that okay. was uh, yeah, this, last week. Was uh, the uh, this isn't where this guy dumps Australia Yorkshire? No pudding. Does that mean in in two weeks we're going to be eating pudding? Because now we're drinking liquor. <laughs> we're going to be eating pudding in two weeks. I hope so. That'd be great. Oh God, we talked about pudding. Remember when we uh, we talked about the super, super bar. bar? Yeah. Mm. But no, this is the Yorkshire Ripper. No, no pudding. Damn it. Uh, but we'll we'll be covering everything about the Ripper when we come back after this message. Hey, this is Jackson Wells. You know me for murder, my dude, but you may not know that I have a new nostalgia podcast. Talking Back is my new podcast where I'll talk about everything from bikes to trains to, well, you get it. We're going to be talking classic toys, cartoons, wrestling, games, and more. And it's not just me. I'll have a new guest on each week to reminisce about their childhood favorites. Make sure to visit ProjectHumanoid.com to figure out more about guests, the premiere date, and other information. And follow Talking Back Pod on Instagram as well. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-A-C-K-P-O-D on Instagram. So this is episode 63 of Murder My Dude, and that means we're about halfway through our third season here. And with that, we're going to take a look back at the end of season two. That season finale was the one serial killer we call the grandfather of them all. If you're going to do a Mount Rushmore serial killer, you're going to know this guy's face, but he would be one of the faces on there. The most famous murderer there's ever been. Yeah. Saucy Jackie. Saucy Jackie. Jack the Ripper, the man from hell. Yeah. And in this case, if we're going to refer to him in the future, we may call him, just to avoid confusion, the Whitechapel Ripper. He, uh, the original Ripper, the OG Ripper. We could just say Jack the Ripper. Well, they, they bring up Jack the Ripper a little bit in this story here. And we probably don't think we're going to be bringing up uh, the, the original Jack the Ripper that much anyway. And, and, and it's because Jack's legacy is so long, so storied, that several other killers who have terrorized England have been given that Ripper title. And this week, we're going to look at the most famous of the other Rippers, which was the Yorkshire Ripper. Right. And, and last week, we talked about how women of the Frankston area in Australia spent the summer of 1993 living in terror, and how that unease just kind of invoked and, and like permeated everything uh, in day-to-day life there. Now, take that summer and imagine it's five years. 
And that was what happened in Yorkshire, which is in the north of England, throughout the second half of the 1970s. And much like the more famous Ripper, many of the victims of this one were also sex workers. And the prelude to the horror happened in 1969, when a prostitute hanging out in an establishment called the Royal Standard Pub agreed to take on a client for five pounds, which was the going rate at the time for a prostitute. Five pounds. Along the way, the man got cold feet, but gave the prostitute a ten-pound note anyway and asked for change. The prostitute went into her home and later came out with a large, menacing-looking man who had a wrench. And the man told the reluctant John, who was sitting in his car waiting, If I were you, I wouldn't get out of that car. You'd better get going. Three weeks later, the man saw the same prostitute at the bar and asked for his money back, and he was laughed off. A day later, the man thought he saw that prostitute again. He followed her, put a stone in a sock, and beat her over the head with it, but it wasn't the same woman. And that's just a little preview. That's just a little taste of what's going to happen in the future here. Things went dormant throughout the early 1970s until the summer of 1975, when women who were walking alone late at night, many of them prostitutes, started being attacked from behind by a man who was wielding a ball-peen hammer. After knocking the women out with the hammer, the man would slash at them with a knife, but luckily for the first three victims, either a neighbor or a passing motorist or something happened that would scare the attacker away before the women could be killed. Wilma McCann, a mother of four originally from Scotland, would not be so luck lucky. Uh, she was a prostitute who lived in Leeds, England, which is part of Yorkshire. It's the largest city in Yorkshire. Uh, isn't that where Davy Boy Smith is from? I believe so. Yeah, I think he was from Leeds. And the section of Leeds where uh, the this woman, Wilma McCann, lived was called Scott Hall. Okay. <laughs> All <Hey> right. <laughs> uh, so she lived in the Scott Hall section of Leeds. Uh, Wilma had left her... That's the bad guy section of Leeds. <laughs> that is the bad section. A lot of just people with greasy hair throwing toothpicks at each other. You know how, like, in uh, Kensington and Philly, there's just, like, needles all over the, the, the ground? Right, yeah. Toothpicks. That's Toothpicks. all you see on the ground in, in, uh, yeah. in Scott Hall. Yeah, you see you see in Kensington, people are standing around kind of, like, like nodding out. When These guys, for some reason, they stand there with their arms out. Yeah. They have their arms up uh, by their sides, like, just straight out. And, if you, and they uh, jump up and down. And then they smile and nod and go, hey, yo. And they ask you to take a survey. Survey, yeah, survey okay. time. I think we've exhausted the scuttle. Oh, and it, they'll hand you their chains sometimes. Right. It's, and they'll say, if something happens to this... Something's going to happen to you. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's pretty much all the Scott Hall stuff we've got. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, back and to... And then there's a starship. No, no, there's not. Oh. So anyway, Wilma uh, was going out for the night to ply her trade... Wilma, Bonnie, my pebbles. There was no Fred here. Uh, her her estranged husband was with another woman at this point, and Wilma was alone with her four kids. and And as a responsible parent would do, she left her nine year old daughter Sonia in charge of the others. Well, I mean, that's just what happened growing up. Yeah, that's, there, there's in, nothing in wrong the mid seventies. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with your that. mom's a prostitute, single mom. She's got to go out and make money. Yeah, you're in charge, uh, Sonia. And although, I would say Sonia, but Sonia, okay. okay. And although Wilma was technically working that night, she was also drinking heavily. Later analysis would suggest she had somewhere between 12 to 14 drinks, or the equivalent of that, over the course of the evening. 12 to 14 units of alcohol. Like they always say, like a, a shot of whiskey. I need 12 to 14 units of marijuana. <laughs> That's a lot of units of marijuana. I need, I need all of the units. So anyway, uh, after leaving the bar pissed drunk, as they would say in, uh, in England, she was pissed. She tried to score a trick and hitchhike home at the same time, and she wound up getting into a green Ford Capri GT, 
and then wound up in the grass about a football field's length from her home. Wilma tried to coyly offer her services to the driver, and it took him a while to understand exactly what she was talking about. She was kind of like beating around the bush, like that kind of prostitute talk where you, you don't want to really incriminate yourself, but you want to make it clear that, you know, you're a prostitute and you're you know, doing things. So as the Yorkshire Ripper later told it, because spoiler, he is the guy in the Ford Green, uh, Green Ford Capri GT. As he later told it, he was offended by Wilma's taunting at him taking too long to get out of the car. Quote, she was being irrational, the Ripper later said. I couldn't have intercourse in a split second. I had to be aroused. You're fucking useless, Wilma said, according to the Ripper's confession. <laughs> and in a fit of rage... The Ripper beat Wilma in the head with a ball-peen hammer, lifted her top, pulled down her bottoms, slashed her face, neck, and torso, and masturbated over, as one often does. Right. Yeah. In <laughs> uh, another tragic twist to this story, uh, Sonia Newlands, the oldest daughter of Wilma McCann, that nine-year-old kid that was babysitting, killed herself in 2007. Um, just, I, I don't think she ever quite recovered from her mother's death. R.I.P. Sonia. And... The next victim to be murdered would be another prostitute, Emily Jackson. Emily was 40... I'm sorry. Miss ja Mrs. This is Mrs. Jackson. Mm. Uh, she was a married woman uh, with a family. She's a nice girl from a nice family. And she turned tricks for extra money. She was a hooker, too. Right. And she would do this from the family's roofing van. Business was so slow that they're like, yeah, we can't make the ends meet doing roofing. You're going to go out and, and sell your ass. Uh, which is basically what was going on here. She was doing sex work. I, I, I'm, I'm making it sound worse than it is. I, I, I think prostitution should be legal, and the more above board you put it, the less danger you're putting these women in. To, to be like, to kind of get serious here for a second. I think these women should just get real jobs. Like what? McDonald's. <laughs> just a lot well, of. Well, I mean, I mean, <sighs> it's, it's a weird thing. It's, it's such a. No, I'm with you. It should definitely mm. be legalized. Well, that was so funny when, like, a lot of, like, bartenders, everybody lost their, uh, their, lost their job, and you have, I keep forgetting what it's called, it's like OnlyFans or Fans Only or it's something. It's OnlyFans. OnlyFans, and there's things like that. Uh, there's this meme going around when the, everybody first started losing their jobs, like, bartenders and stuff, and it's like, um, just so you know now, you're gonna see a lot of your bartender friends naked. Right. <laughs> in the next couple of months. Yeah. But, uh, but this, this woman happened to be turned into prostitution to try to keep, keep a roof over her family's head, which sucks because they were roofers. But once again, she was. Did I get you there? Oh, uh, once again, she was picked up by the Ripper, and I hate, I hate when you make me break. Okay. <laughs> uh, she was picked up by the Ripper. Yeah. And she was beaten in the head with a hammer and yeah. stabbed fifty-two times in the neck, breasts, and stomach with a Phillips screwdriver. As long as it wasn't Phillips television. The. <laughs> I don't think it can stab somebody with that. It's more of a blunt I, object. I tried. Well, the edges, the edges can sometimes. If it's a pointy one with those box TVs. Yeah. But this was a screwdriver. The killer also thrust a wooden board between her legs, and this time he left a clue. A boot print. <laughs> fuck. A clue? <laughs> oh, a fucking blues clues. <laughs> it's the Yorkshire Ripper blue. Uh. <laughs> the Yorkshire Ripper is Steve. I did, I, I'm going to jump Well, he was wearing this. green. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was in Here's a green the car. mail. It never fails. It makes me... Okay, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, he left a boot print at the scene. And at this point, with two Leeds area prostitutes dead, and especially with the vile level of mutilation involved, yeah. this is when the media starts the ball rolling, and they start calling the killings Ripper style, and they start referring to the killer as the Ripper, or even Jack the Ripper. 
And then later that would morph into the Yorkshire Ripper. That's rude. Why just taking his taking his thing? Yeah, like you know, don't don't fucking don't do that. Like nobody's ever gonna touch Jack the Ripper. <laughs> this guy probably killed more people. May have killed more people. We we have lots of. But killer, he got caught. Yeah, so. we have lots of killer shit. Yeah, this dude confessed. Yeah, we already knew what color fucking car. We don't know what color. I don't, I don't think Jack the Ripper had a car. We don't know what color cart he was in. The cart <laughs> or, or horse. Yeah, you know we don't know what type of stallion he had. Yeah. And the next rip victim of this ripper, the Yorkshire Ripper, yeah. would survive her attack. But the fact that she was not stabbed, among other things, prevented her from being counted among the official victims until well after the Ripper was caught. In fact, there's some debate as to whether this woman, Mar- uh, her name was Marcella Claxton, was even a prostitute. Uh, but if she was, she wasn't working that night. In fact, she was four months pregnant. And she was going drinking. Hmm. It was the 70s. Uh, the Ripper picked up a drunken Claxton as she was leaving a party. Marcella, who had a learning disability in addition to being drunk at the time is said to have possibly believed that the Ripper was a police officer. During their ride, Claxton had to relieve herself, and the Ripper pulled over to allow her to do so. Well, they think that with uh, Jack the Ripper, too, they think that he may have been a, a cop. one of the cops that were, you know, walking the beat. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll get into something like that when we get into, uh, eventually I'm sure we'll do Golden State Killers, so mm. that'll that'll be something we cover then, too. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm sure, that's like one of the most famous ones now, so I'm sure people know. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I, I do like to stick to the lesser known yeah. ones. I mean, this one's pretty well known in England. Uh, I, I, I I knew of Yorkshire Ripper. I didn't really know a lot about it. Right. Uh, until, no, I've heard of it. I just, yeah. yeah I... So during this ride, Marcella Claxton leaves the car to, to go urinate. By, by the way, speaking of rides, mm-hmm. this show it, it itself is a ride because there's a lot of things that we, it's not like we're we're professionals. It's not like we do this for a living. We're not detectives. We're not crime solvers. I'm a crime fighter. We're, we're just, we're, it, it's, it started out, but first of all, you, you've always liked this shit. Yeah, I've always been a Because we kind of shared a room for like the past 20 years. And I remember, um, I'd, I'd be playing like SOCOM or something at night or whatever. And then at some point, I don't know, I don't even know what I'd be doing because I wasn't playing SOCOM and you'd put some shit on like on the TV and it would be some death shit yeah it would always be like um not it was before the days of investigation discovery it'd just be the shows that would come on the discovery channel like i always liked the new detectives the forensic science one yeah, it was like uh, everything had to do with a fucking morgue yeah. and a dead body and i'm like i i can't go to sleep to this shit <laughs> like i want to watch bob ross or fucking mickey mouse or mr rogers i do like bob ross and you're like i need death and despair mouse. you were like a fucking emo kid that didn't dress emo um, it wasn't more, it wasn't so much death and despair for me as it was more of a situation where I always liked seeing how they would catch people and like unraveling the mystery. That's, well, that's always been what drove, drove me to it. So to bring me to, uh, to what I was saying about this, about how, you know, we know how we, we've, we've said a thousand times how this show started. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of came out of a fictional version right. of murder, my dude. But I... I like detective stuff. Mm-hmm. I love mystery. I, one of my favorite uh, podcasts is is Reply All. Uh, I love so, that too, so when yeah. people bring up um, true crime shows, they talk serial, S Town, you know, Sword mm-hmm. and Scale. Uh, the what, big what's, ones. what's the what's the one with the the two girls that aren't funny? That my, everybody... fa- my favorite. That's murder. right. Um, that shit show. They. The Murder Squad. There's a lot of Okay, them yeah, there. yeah. A small town dick, right? Yeah, that's the one with uh well, Lisa Simpson, Yardley Smith. Yeah. No, she's still on there. 
Oh, she is. It's, it's the co-host. It isn't on there anymore. Okay. Um, I never really listened to any of those things. It's funny because you brought that up. I still listen to them mainly going to sleep. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, I wasn't I, I, like, I, I didn't listen. It's not that I didn't like them or anything. I just didn't listen to those. I like reply all. Because I yeah. love how they like really get in and solve that shit. Especially the ones that are more mysteries, like the one with the photo, the one they just did with the song where the guy couldn't remember the song. Yeah. Yeah, those are really those are my favorite episodes of that show. They're great. They're great. And there was even a show for a while called just called Mystery Show that I really loved. And I think the uh, person that did that now works for another major thing. It might be like, I don't think she works for... I forget what she works for now, but she she's really good. At the end of this episode... Uh, like NPR. At the end of this episode, I, so to break down the fourth wall, we always have a secret track. Mm-hmm. This It's something you say. Yep. I would like, if I can just go, what's the show called again with the two unfunny girls? It's really, really shitty my show. My favorite murder. My, my favorite. So if I can go, I'm just kidding. My favorite murder. You know, I love you. Like Eminem does. Well, now you just blew it. Now oh, it's, fuck. Now it's in the well, I guess I'm not going to do it now. But anyway, yeah, this show really came together because I like mysteries and that's what I like about it. I don't want, I don't like the murder part. Right. I don't, I never glorify the murder. I, I don't think it's cool to fucking, we, again, beating a dead horse um, or dead green car in this case. Uh, I, I don't like that shit. I like the mystery. I like, I like how they, yeah, how they come about finding who the person is and the actual mystery solving. Right. You know, I've always been in mystery solving uh, things. Big Scooby-Doo fan. Are you also in the rewriting history? DuckTales. Woo. Yeah. So, all right, go ahead. So as we left, Marcella Claxton, she had gotten out of the Ripper's car and was now urinating. And... Yum. Not so yum. And so the Ripper got out of the car and did his thing and wound up hitting her in the head with a hammer. And um, several times, about eight or nine times, I think, he hit her in the head. And then he masturbated over, as he as he often did with his victims. As one does. Well, as this one does. Mm. That one does, not this one. This one would never do such a thing. And then he uh, drove off and uh, gave her a five-pound note. Holding her underwear to her head to stop the bleeding, Marcella Claxton made it to a phone box and called... Hold on. What is it with these fucking people doing these heinous things and then giving them shit? Like the guy that raped the girl and was like, here's a can of soda and I love you. That happened at a pizza place on our block. On our block. Uh, yeah, this this girl, I think she was 16, came in for a job interview. Yeah. And uh, apparently- We talked about this before. Yeah, the owner of the uh, pizza place raped her and gave her a can of soda and said he loved her. Yeah. And then he went to jail for a while and that's, that's a good thing. And so, Marcella- Was it even a good soda? I don't know. Okay. Uh, and holding uh, her own underwear to her head to kind of keep the bleeding under control, Marcella made it to a phone box. She called 999 for help. That is the English equivalent of 911. Ah. And uh, 52 stitches and a significant brain surgery later, she survived, but her unborn child did not, unfortunately. And despite Marcella giving what would wind up being a pretty accurate description of the Ripper, young, white, curly black hair, a little gap in his teeth, a beard, a Yorkshire accent, uh, but he did say he didn't live in Leeds, so she told police that too. Uh, they kind of just dismissed it. They, they, they're like, eh, no, we don't think it was a ripper. Uh, it's possible that it was because she wasn't stabbed and all the other victims were. Uh, and it's also possible that it was because she was slow. She, her IQ was very low. 
Uh, she had a lot of she had cognitive disabilities, uh, and she was injured at the time. Her brain was messed up. Uh, but the other reason that they may have kind of dismissed what she was saying is that Marcella was black. And at the time, in the mid seventies, Leeds police had a, no- a reputation for being notoriously racist, and they just really didn't take a lot of stock in what she was saying. Uh, but what they did do to combat the Ripper was police began staking out prostitution hotspots around Leeds. They would tag the license plates of men seen frequenting the areas, and they would interview several of them uh, at a time. They would just run the plates and go go to their houses and everything. And uh, while this is happening, murder victim number three, and uh, a couple months later... Sounds like a tag team wrestler. <laughs> murder victim number three? <laughs> yeah. They're just, like, really bad wrestlers. Yeah, you had, like, Conquistador one and two. You know, this would be, like, murder victim uh, number three. One, two, and three. Well, the first two died, so now you have murder victim number three. Right. And he's going to die, too. I wonder if they all were, like, uh, like black dom masks. Maybe. Like uh, like the Legion, I mean, um, Demolition. Possibly. Cool. But this victim was a another prostitute named Irene Richardson, and she was killed and left in the exact same spot where the Marcella Claxton attack happened. So he had an area he liked to frequent. And this time there was more evidence. A tire track was found at the scene of the crime, uh, but the problem was they were starting to get too much evidence. And and this was before everything was computerized and everything was categorized and everything was, like, really, really easily a- accessed by law enforcement. Yeah. So they say, like, the guy who is the Ripper, and we'll, we'll do the big reveal later, but they say if they would have had all the evidence kind of in one spot where somebody could read, like, a master file, which they didn't have, he would have probably been caught a lot sooner. And... To match the tire tracks, police would have had to check upwards of 100,000 cars to find, I think they said like something like 50-some-odd cars had this type of tire, and they had to do this all the while hoping that the killer didn't change their tires or get rid of their car in the meantime. And meanwhile, police were still tracking down leads in the license plates, uh, and they were also getting a lot of tips from women who were mad at their husbands and were calling them like, oh, he's acting odd, I think he might be the Ripper, just to try to get him out of the house. Like, they had a lot of problems. They had a lot of problems with this. And to kind of amplify all these problems, public panic was about to hit a fever pitch. Well, um, with uh, Jimmy Fallon, or no? Uh, the this is England, so it's the the other one. It's the oh, it's the original one with soccer. Yeah, the, yeah, the one about Arsenal. I want to say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Arsenal. Yeah, which that one made it sense because Liverpool. it said pitch in it. Now, pretty sure it was Arsenal. Well, that was about baseball. So it it's made true. Sense yeah, you're right. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Pitch. pitch. Yeah, yeah it, pitch. It, the original one. It was Arsenal. Uh, yeah, right. so I made Arsenal like a trendy team yeah. in um, in the States. I forgot that you pitch in baseball. That is true. Yeah. And uh, so another prostitute, Tina Atkinson, was murdered in the city of Bradford. Uh, and that was marketing, marking the first death outside the I just keep thinking nothing but wrestling in this whole story. Atkinson. Uh, yeah. T- Texas Tornado. Yeah. At Bradford. That wait, makes me think of football and makes me Bradford. Mad. Wait, no, I'm thinking. Wait, JBL. Bradshaw. That's Bradshaw. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking of Sam Bradford. Uh, oh, boy. <sighs> Bradford, is there any? Oh, no, wait. There's a Brad. Wasn't there a Bradford in WWE? Not that I can remember. Who's the dude in the sex tape with uh... Brad Maddox? Oh, it was Brad Maddox. What the fuck? I'm I don't remember with... a Bradford in. I'm bad with names today. Maybe there's no Bradford. I don't think so, yeah. But I, I thought of Sam Bradford. Uh, but Tina Atkinson was a prostitute murdered in the city of Bradford, which is in Yorkshire, but it was the first time there was a death outside of Leeds. So the danger zone was expanding. There, the danger zone, Polly Dangerously. Another wrestling reference. There you it's go. all about wrestling. And my old theme song. That's right. It's still your theme song. Mm. Uh, a few months later, on June... And by the way, this was way before Archer. Yes. 
before somebody goes, Danger Zone! Yeah. A few months later, on June 26, 1977, 16-year-old Jane McDonald, who was a shop worker and a recent high school graduate, and most definitely not a prostitute, was found dead about six blocks away from where the first victim, Wilma McCann, had lived. So he's back in Leeds, he's in Scott Hall again, and he kills a uh, 16-year-old girl. It later emerged that the Ripper thought she was a prostitute when he attacked her. Yeah, he, he thought she was from Kevin Nash. Yeah, which is a bad part of it that. It was a bigger Yeah, bigger section, section yeah. yeah. Bigger section. Yeah, All a lot of trucks thing. there. Yeah, definitely. And gambling. Mm-hmm. And uh, green pointy hats. And shredding. Right. Super shredding. Super shredding. <laughs> so anyway, hmm. um, the Ripper and, thought uh, she was a prostitute. A lot of blasts there. Okay. Uh, the, the prostitute, uh, he, or, um, the, the, prostitute. the prostitute, the Ripper thought that, uh, that she was a prostitute before, uh, he attacked her, but she wasn't. And the fact that a, a non-prostitute was killed, just a six-year-old girl right out of high school was killed. 16. 16. Yes. The six-year-old right out of high school is better girl. than Doogie Hauser. Yes. That, that's a genius kid. Yeah. That's like young Sheldon. It's a, uh... yeah, go ahead. Uh, this started, uh, a lot of panic and fear. Now, like any woman, was a target. And many women refused to go out across the north of England. Uh, Many held protests. They wanted female-only buses and trains. They wanted men-only curfews. Like, they want men to be able to come out after dark. Uh, Women were like, we got to do something about this. And uh, they they tried, uh, but but it was tough. And, And before the Ripper could be caught, he would amass a body count of 13 women murdered and many others attacked. So that would, that would be the final body count. And the next to die after Tina Atkinson was Jean Jordan, who was also known as Jean Royal. It was uh, Kurt, Hang- uh, Kurt Angle's son. That's Jason Jordan. Mm. I always get those two confused. Oh, this is a prostitute in England who died in the 70s. Uh, she was known as Jean Royal, or to her fellow, fellow sex worker, she was called Scotch Jean. That sounds delicious. <laughs> and like many of the other victims, she was in the sex trade, and the Ripper had picked her up by soliciting sex and negotiated on the price... And settled on that same standard price of five pounds. During the attack, which saw Jean hit ten times with a hammer, the Ripper saw a car's headlights approach and he escaped hastily. And when he did, he left behind another key clue. He left behind a five-pound note that he had given Jean. Now, think of Jean Royal, uh, Scotch Jean. I know, uh, like Crown Royal's whiskey. Yes, I wonder Scotch if, is also whiskey. Well, right, but, but it's but, Scotch whiskey. But is is Jean? Yeah, but it's a type of whiskey, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's whiskey from Scotland. Right. So, Jean Royal, I wonder if she if it has anything to do with Crown Royal. Or is it just Royal from... I don't know. Okay. Uh, Scotch Jean, she may have been Scottish. I don't know where the uh, the nickname came from. But they um, they know, they found this five-pound note, and it was a very key It was clue. heavy. It was... Uh, no, it's, that's what they call their, their money currency there. Oh. Five quid. I believe a quid is a pound. I, I, I know that it's really there. I was joking. I know. Okay. I know, I was kind of following along with you. Right. Somebody might think, oh, this guy's dumb. <laughs> yeah. And they uh, they traced it by the serial number because they found out that this could be traced right back to the Bank of England because that serial number was in a pay packet that was distributed uh, in this big load of money to these different companies. Uh, so the Ripper had gotten paid and gotten this money just two days earlier. And before this lead could be investigated in full... A new line of investigation opened up, which really took over law enforcement's attention. Uh, investigators received a letter. Oh, here we go. Here we go, indeed. Oh, here we go. Purportedly from the Yorkshire Ripper himself, 
And we will read this letter right after this quick break. Have you heard about the snarkremark.shop? Well, if you've listened to this podcast before, then of course you have. But let me tell you again. The Snark Remark is an Etsy shop offering buttons, lapel pins, magnets, vinyl decals, and more. The most popular item is the custom lapel pin with your face on it for $9.99. They even have digital protest signs you could download and print yourself in minutes. Well, who was in charge of such a fine establishment, you may ask? Well, that would be my pal Tate. She's been my go-to artist for years. She's reliable, easy to work with, and has a five-star average on Etsy to back it up. Add promo code MMD10 for an additional 10% off. The snarkremark.shop. Give snark, get laughs. Hey, Anthony here from Tornado Tag Podcast. We cover everything from WWE, NXT, AEW, and also cover the local scene with shows like Outbreak, PPW, and much more. Tune in every Friday for news, our take on local shows, and a weekly topic. Search IWEP Network. That's IWEP Network on YouTube or your favorite podcast or music app. We'll see you then. Until then, support local wrestling. Dear sir, I am sorry I cannot give my name for obvious reasons. I am the Ripper. I have been dubbed the maniac by the press, but not by you. You call me clever, and I am. You and your mates haven't a clue that photo in the paper gave me fits, and that bit about killing myself no chance. I've got things to do. My purpose to rid the streets of them sluts. My one regret is that young Lassie McDonald did not know cause change routine that night. Up to number eight, now you say seven, but remember, Preston, 75. Get about, you know. You are right, I travel a bit. You probably look for me in Sunderland. Don't bother, I'm not daft. Just posted letter there on one of my trips. Not a bad place compared with Chapeltown and Manningham and other places. Warn whores to keep off streets because I feel it coming on again. Sorry about young Lassie. Yours respectfully, Jack the Ripper. Now, before we go into it, can you read that line again where it says up to number eight? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Up to number eight now. You say seven, but remember Preston 75. Get about, you know. Now, the way I would say it written, or the way I would think it is, but remember Preston 75. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, he was talking about, like, this is another murder I did, which was a person named Preston in 1975. Um, and that that's what that was about. And he brought up Sunderland, which is a town in England that I hate. And he brought that up because the letter was postmarked from Sunderland. And <laughs> what? You really do not like Sunderland. I don't. Do no, I'm, I'm a Newcastle fan. I know. I support Newcastle United, yeah. and that's our sworn enemy. And we're gonna get into that area. That that we're, we're, this story is headed to that area now. The Toon Army. The 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 Tain and where Toon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because Tunside. The Magpies. That is Newcastle United. They are okay. Yeah. They're the Sunderland. Magpies. Uh, to make them even worse are the Black Cats. <sighs> yeah, they're they're not good. <sighs> they're not good people. They're bad. And that's in the northeast of England. Yorkshire kind of borders that area of England. Yorkshire is more of like north central England. And that's where a lot of these happened. And uh, this was just one of several letters that were sent to George Oldfield. Uh, he was the investigator in charge of the Yorkshire Ripper case. All of these letters came from Sunderland. And that kind of became the epicenter of uh, all the attention, even though all the crimes are happening in Yorkshire itself, which is to the west. Uh, slightly south and more to the west. And after a few different more letters, and, and George Oldfield really believed this was the Ripper. And they really focused their attention on Sunderland in that area in Northeast England. 
uh, he got a tape. The uh, the same person sent in a tape, and uh, the tape went, "I'm Jack." I see. No, it's you. Oh, but no, this guy said, "I'm Jack," meaning I'm Jack the Ripper. He says, "I'm Jack." I see you are still having no luck catching me. I have the greatest respect for you, George, but Lord, you are no nearer catching me now than four years ago when I started. I reckon your boys are letting you down, George. They can't be much good, art, can they? The only time they came near me, uh, the only time they came near catching me was a few months back in Chapel Town when I was disturbed. Even then, it was a uniformed copper, not a detective. And that was the extent of the the tape. And the recording ended with a clip of the hit Andrew Gold song, "Thank You for Being a Friend," which would later be covered by Cynthia Fee, and that is the theme of the Golden Girls. What a jerk! Why he took the song? Just, just a. I mean, obviously he's a piece of shit. Yeah. But he's a dickhead on top of Why it. Why is he a piece of shit? Well, I mean, if it's the guy, if it's if it's the killer. Is it the killer, though? I That's, said if it's the yeah. killer. Even if it's not the killer, he's a piece see, of shit. See, that, that clued me in. See, yeah. I, Here we go. Yeah. I, I was thinking it's the killer until you said why. Yeah. And if you're asking why, then I go, oh, let's reroute. Let, let's do that. Okay. Police tried to investigate the accent on the tape, believing it to possibly... possibly Possibly. The, the what? Possibly. Hmm. That's all, folks. They believe it to possibly be a Geordi accent of Newcastle. <laughs> Geordi. That, that, those are my people. Yeah. My favorite people in England. Or most likely uh, nearby Wareside, which is where Sunderland is. Not good. And the uh, that made investigators really focus in on that area, despite the fact that survivors of Ripper attacks were adamant that their attackers sounded like they came from Yorkshire. They just had that standard northern Yorkshire accent. And not a... Believe me, the Geordie accent is very distinctive. Right, yeah. And if you hear it, look it up on YouTube. Uh, isn't um, isn't the wrestler... Who's the wrestler? Um, Pac. Pac. He's yeah. from that area. Formerly Adrian Neville of WWE. He's from Newcastle. He's from Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. Big Newcastle United fan. And Dude. eventually, kind of getting to what you were talking about, mm. the letters and tape were ultimately proven to be a hoax... Okay. But it wasn't really conclusively proven that it was a hoax until they captured the real guy. Right. Uh, so there was always a possibility, and a lot of people really believed it was the, the actual Ripper until they caught the real guy. And uh, the guy who sent these tapes and, and these letters in, this tape and these letters in, wound up becoming nicknamed Wareside Jack, again, because of where. Yeah, it, the, it's like Sunderland is. with the Ripper, Jack the Ripper letters. Some people think they were faked. Yeah, right? they. a lot of people think that they were faked. Uh, that maybe there were people... Uh, from the police yeah. department or from the newspapers themselves mm-hmm. to try to just make things, you know, spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we get into that in detail in episode 50, Jack the Ripper, my dude. Or is that episode 49? I think it was 50. I don't, I don't remember. remember. I don't remember. Look it up. So, uh, yeah, this guy wound up becoming nicknamed Wareside Jack. And in 2006, 25 years after the actual Yorkshire Ripper was ca- uh, captured, DNA taken from one of the envelopes sent by Wareside Jack was matched with DNA from the UK National Offender Database, and they they got their man. Uh, Wareside Jack was actually a man named John Humble, who had been arrested for being drunk and disorderly in 2001. So he could have really been a Jack. Yeah, he was. He was John Humble. If his name was John, it could and, have been a Jack. And uh, Humble of Sunderland was so drunk, and he actually was a fucking Mackham. Um, he was so, we're going to lose any listeners from Sunderland. It's going to be horrible. Uh, it's going to be my fault. But we'll be very popular right across the, right across the way in Newcastle, which is bigger. So good. Uh, Humble, uh, was so drunk the day they picked him up that police, uh, had to wait most of the day for him to dry out before he could be questioned. Well, what a dick. And his name is Humble. Yeah. 
He eventually confessed, admitting to a uh, a very, very deep fascination with the original Jack the Ripper, the Whitechapel Ripper, and he ultimately pled guilty to four counts of perverting the course of justice. During his trial, it emerged that Humble was overwhelmed with guilt when he realized that this cat-and-mouse game he was doing had kept police from finding the real Ripper sooner, which it absolutely did. This really... and And... and this investigation was a clusterfuck to begin with. They've done investigations into it uh, more recently, and they've said, yeah, police just fucked this one up royally, basically. And this is one of the big reasons why, because they spent so much time and effort on this guy and these letters and that tape. And uh, he got he felt so guilty about this, uh, mm-hmm. John Humble. He tried to kill himself by jumping off a bridge in 1979, but he landed on a boat. Now, you, th- you think he would have done that before he got caught. Yeah. Well, no, he, like, well, he, yeah. like he's making his escape. He's going to jump off a bridge onto a boat like you would in some fucking, yeah. you know, like Bond movie or something. Well, no, well, this was well before he got caught. It's before he was even suspected. It was 27 years before anybody even had a, or 37 years before anybody had an idea he did it. So I was right the first time. So, so, I mean, he did feel bad about it. Yes. Okay. And, and he and he spent three months in an English. Uh, uh, he put he spent three months, as the English would put it, in hospital. For uh, the physical and psychological death. The nut house. Yeah. Okay. And, and the hospital. Let's too, just say he, a nut house. He jumped off a bridge and landed on a boat. He heard himself. Yeah. It was a, bit, a high bridge. Uh, he, and John Humble was released from prison in 2009. He served almost four years of an eight-year sentence. And he died on July 30th, 2019, his heart succumbing to a lifetime of alcoholism. Rest in peace, John. Even though you fucking <laughs> fucked that shit up, but... You know, it is what it is. And the year after he attempted suicide, to be specific, on November 17th, 1980, 20-year-old college student Jacqueline Hill would become the 13th and final victim of the Yorkshire Ripper, and the implements of destruction uh, were the usual ones that we've come to know. Uh, the, the killer used a hammer and a screwdriver. I was just a baby. I was not even And this was uh, like a month before John Lennon was killed. Yeah, yeah, we covered that one too. The tools and the various deposits of mechanical oil spotted at various crime scenes did lead police to suspect that the Ripper may have somehow worked around machinery or cars or something like that. They wound up being right. And let, let's bring this one home. Let's bring this to a close here. On, on January 2nd, 1981, police spotted a brown Rover 3500 car parked in a known prostitution area in Sheffield, another large city in Yorkshire. A man and a woman were in the car, which drew the attention of Sergeant Ro- Sergeant Robert Ring and Probationary Constable Robert Hydes. When police went in to investigate, the driver of the car gave his name as Peter Williams, and he claimed that the woman in the car, who was a known prostitute, was his girlfriend. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure, that's your girlfriend. Uh, and then police ran the plates on the car, and they came back as being for a white automobile, which was Skoda, a completely different make of car. So obviously they were bogus plates. So with that happening, the officers detained Peter Williams, and they noticed that the license plate that was on the car was just stuck on there with electrical tape. One thing I should have mentioned earlier is that this whole technique that the police used of tracking license plates yeah. and like going to people, yeah. they mentioned this in the press. This was not a secret technique they were doing. People knew they were doing this. Uh, so maybe this guy in this car knew that and was changing around his license plate. And uh, Peter Williams ran off, uh, imagine doing that now, uh, and not being white, like Peter Williams was. Uh, he ran off saying he was bursting for a pee and ran out of view. And while he was there, he dropped a knife and he dropped a ball-peen hammer that had been on his person. <laughs> he, um, 
It's like a bad cartoon. Yeah. Oh, I got to pee. Yeah. No, like you're running away and just like all of it, like an anvil falls out of his back pocket. Yeah, a gun, like a fucking a piano. Bomb. Yeah. An Acme fucking. Yeah. Dynamite. Like, just TNT yeah. written on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he uh, stashed a knife and a ball peen hammer uh, that had been on his person. Shotgun falls out of his fucking. Yeah, pretty much. Ass. Ninja stars. Just everything. And when he got to the police station, he wanted to go to the bathroom there as well, which should have been a tip-off. Well, he had a small bladder. Very small. Uh, and what he did in what he did in the bathroom there is he hid a knife uh, that had been in his jacket in a water cistern. I knew he still had more. I think it, it didn't all fall out. Not all of it. And while being questioned at the station, he knew his alibi was going to start to fall apart. And Peter Williams now gave his real name. His real name was Peter Sutcliffe. And he claimed that he was uh, getting ready to face drunk driving charges, and that's why he had stolen the license plates and put them on his car so he wouldn't get caught driving when his license was uh, in a state of suspension. And at this time, anyone that was caught in North England with a suspected prostitute and got brought in was going to be, be um, interviewed by the Ripper Squad, which is a great name. That's fucking amazing. An amazing, amazing name. And that was a group of police that were tasked with finding the elusive serial killer. Great name, maybe not the best police, and we'll get to why. Um... And Peter Sutcliffe didn't seem surprised by the attention he was getting here, and he shouldn't have been. Before this moment, Peter Sutcliffe was interviewed by police nine times. Okay. He was interviewed in November 1977 in relation to that five-pound note they found at the crime scene, because one of the companies that that, that five-pound note may have gone to, they had narrowed it down to a certain amount of companies. One of them was a trucking company they worked for. He was a, uh, as they say in England, he was a lorry driver. He was a truck driver. Uh, six days after that, they followed up with him again, and at that time, Sutcliffe's wife and mother both provided them with an alibi. In August of 1978, in relation to tracking license plates in red light districts, uh, he was interviewed, and again, Sutcliffe's wife, who they think just was kind of not in on it, but just unwittingly gave him cover, uh, said that he was with her. And then in November of 1978, uh, he had purchased a new car, and... The tires of the old car were a match to the the tire prints on the uh, on the crime scene, so there's another thing. In July of 1979, after Ripper surveillance team spotted uh, Sutcliffe's Sunbeam Rapier car 36 times in areas they were watching. That's a fitting name. What? Rapier. <laughs> well, he didn't rape these people. That's true. He just he masturbated off over yeah. them. Yeah. So, so it should have been a Sunbeam Jackoff. Yeah. Year. And murderer. Yeah. Very wordy. Uh, so they, they, they think at this point that they really would have probably brought him in in 1979, but everybody thought that Wareside Jack was a real guy. So they weren't looking for a guy who lived, uh, Sutcliffe lived in Bradford, which is right by Leeds. And he didn't have a Geordie accent or a, a North or a, uh, Wareside accent. He had a, uh, a, a, a Northern accent. He had a, a Yorkshire accent. Um, one police officer was kind of suspicious though, because he thought the gap in Sutcliffe's teeth uh, did match the bite marks and descriptions that they had, but it wasn't enough to bring him in. And they did another follow-up that October in 79. They did another checkup on the five-pound note in January of 1980. And then they did another checkup at Peter's workplace uh, a little bit after that. And when they did that, uh, Sutcliffe was actually wearing the same boots he had left boot prints on at a crime scene of a woman named Josephine Whitaker. What a fucking rookie. Yeah, these these officers they 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 have acknowledged that they bungled. This they were all dumb, 
And uh, they, and then there was one final follow-up in February 1980. And uh, and again, a lot of the police have, uh, kind of try to defend themselves, saying, if we had all this information in one spot, we would have figured it out, but they didn't. And they didn't until it was much too late. Uh, so now that he's in lockdown in, in uh, 81, in January of 81, uh, he's faced with the Ripper Squad, and he kind of was very hesitant to take a blood test. But beyond that, for some reason, somehow, some people in the Ripper Squad wanted to let him go a tenth time. Don't know why, but they did. Some some of them wanted to let him go, some were like, nah, I think there might be something here. What wound up happening is Robert Ring, one of the arresting officers, remembered about Sutcliffe Ro- or Peter Williams at the time running off and going to pee. And he's like, hey, I should probably go back and check that alley he ran into. And when he did, he found the hammer and the knife near an oil storage tank. And now police were thinking, we might have the guy. Now they think they've got him. And the guy that's trying to seal the deal here is Detective Inspector John Boyle. And he made a full court press in an attempt to uh, try to focus on that Sheffield incident. And he had his trump card in hand. He had the hammer and knife uh, that they found nearby. Now, do you, if you think about this, this is the 70s -hmm. and early 80s. Imagine before this, how many fucking cases were similar where they just let so many people go because they were fucking idiots. Yeah, shoddy police work. Police work has improved so much in the past, just even since then, like just in the past 15, 20 years. Then again, I don't know, because at some point before this, it was just, I think you're guilty, so you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot more innocent people were killed back then, too. Yeah. And a lot more guilty people probably went free. Absolutely. I guess it balanced itself out somehow. Maybe not. Who knows? I think it was even worse. And so Boyle's Boyle's line of questioning went pretty simply. He first says, I believe the crime you were going to commit was to harm a prostitute. Sutcliffe replies, no, that's not true. Uh, Boyle counters, do you recall that before you were put in a police car at Sheffield, you left your car and went to the side of a house? Sutcliffe replied, yes, I went to urinate against the wall. Boyle says... I think he went for another purpose. Sutcliffe later admitted that this was the moment when he knew he was done. Like, they got me. Like, right there he knew they had him. Uh, Boyle said, Do you understand what I'm saying? I think you were in trouble. Serious trouble. Sutcliffe said, I think you've been leading up to it. Leading up to what? The Yorkshire Ripper. And Boyle asks, What about the Yorkshire Ripper? And Peter Sutcliffe very simply says, Well, it's me. And they get a confession. And Peter Sutcliffe was ultimately convicted of the murders, uh, the Yorkshire Ripper murders, and sentenced to life in prison, uh, no possibility of parole. Although he has spent most of the time between 1981 and now in Broadmoor Hospital, which is a notorious institution for violent offenders of mental illness in England. Between then and now, he's also been attacked in prison in, in, in uh, Broadmoor four times. Uh, an attack in 1997 at Broadmoor took the sight in his right eye. And today... Peter Sutcliffe reportedly spends most of his time alone in a cell at Franklin Prison in England. He is, by most accounts, very, very ill. He has uh, high blood pressure, heart issues. He's put on a lot of weight since he's been in jail. He has diabetes. um, And all this has rendered him nearly blind in his good eye, the one eye that didn't uh, lose sight in that attack. Uh, There was an article in The Sun magazine in, uh, in Britain in summer 2019 that said he had maybe a matter of weeks to live. Obviously, that was incorrect. Uh, he's still alive now, about a year later. And he says he rarely sleeps, and that when he, uh, whenever he tries to sleep, the faces of his victims haunt him. 
And um, he, well, he's managed to hang on to put a more recent. Now, and, and the thing about that is, is you'll never know if he's lying or not. You know, is he yeah. trying to, you know, make you feel bad for him or is he trying to get less? I don't know. He's never going to get he's out. He's never going to get so, out. Yeah. So but he's trying to make himself like more sympathetic. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Maybe he does really fucking maybe he is haunted by it. Maybe possible. people can change, but it doesn't mean that we now need to. OK, it, you know, what? let's let him out. Solved. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you, you've killed all these people and and, mur- and, uh, and severely injured many, many more who were traumatized. And while he's managed to hang on, while he is still alive, um, even though he's in rough shape, to put a more recent spin on this, uh, he was in the news recently because with COVID-19 going around and it, it being a huge issue in prisons and hospitals and things like that, uh, Sutcliffe has um, agreed to a do not resuscitate order, where if he does contract COVID-19 with his age, uh, with his obesity, with his high blood pressure, heart issues, diabetes, there's a very good chance that if he gets it, he might not make it through. And he, he has agreed to a DNR where they're like, don't even try to keep me alive. Okay. Well, so, maybe he does really feel fucking... Maybe. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you would hope. I mean, yeah, the, the remorse is the least you can expect out of somebody. So well, if that's the case, that's the case. I'm remorseful for every, every, any bad thing that I've done, but keep me the fucking... Yeah. Keep me alive, motherfucker. Absolutely. I, 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 I'll fucking... I'll, I'll murder... I'll murder a whole country. Keep me alive. I'll feel bad for it, I'm sure, at some point. Keep me alive. As um, as George Carlin once said, hey, you'll be a vegetable. I don't care if I'm a fucking artichoke. Yeah. <laughs> Save my ass. Yeah. All right. But that's our story. And uh, so that's the Yorkshire Ripper. And yeah, that was a, a, a pretty interesting thing. It kind of does show you how far police work has come. I was upset there was no pudding. No pudding. I don't even know what Yorkshire pudding is. I, I don't know. I know every time I bring it up, that's all you talk about that was fucking Yorkshire pudding. Yeah. <sighs> Let, let's uh, let's find out. I have this thing on my phone called Google, which can tell me exactly what Yorkshire... Well, the first thing that comes up is Yorkshire Terrier. Yorkshire pudding is uh, a common English side dish consisting of a baked pudding made from batter, consisting of eggs, flour, and milk and water. It is a versatile food that can be served in a numerous way, uh, depending on the choice of ingredients, the size of the pudding, and the accompanying components of the dish. Well, that's fucking vague. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, oil, beef drippings. I think it's a savory pudding. Okay. It's not a sweet pudding. What does Yorkshire pudding taste like? Uh, savory, not sweet. Eggy, but not too eggy. Lightly flat, fatty, but not greasy. There's like beef drippings and oil and mm. eggs. That's Yorkshire pudding. Yeah. That's what she said. That's what I said. Beef drippings. Beef drippings. Sounds delicious. Well, it's time to go. Nope, it's time for this. It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. That's right, everybody. It's time to play everybody's favorite game, Who Died the Worst. It's not Who Died the Funniest. It's not Who Died the First. The name of the game is... Who Yorkshire Died the Pudding. Worst. No, it's Who Died the Worst. Oh. And as always, I will give you not one, not two, but three deaths. And you, Jackson Wells, will tell me who died the worst. So, um, quick disclaimer here. Sometimes you don't get the best themes here, and... Um, the theme this week is all these people committed suicide. Um, 
And uh, just you got to throw out the disclaimer: suicide is a, is a temporary or permanent solution to a temporary problem, and it's painless. Uh, it's painful, and it's painful not just to you, but it's painful to the person that uh, the people you leave behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are victims besides you in, in suicide, so you should, everybody keep that in mind. And if you are having those thoughts, or you know somebody who's having those thoughts, mm-hmm. um, please do contact the National Suicide Prevention Line if you're in the United States. Uh, the number is 1-800-273-TALK. Yeah. Don't you think, though, sometimes it's a little selfish? What? Is it sel- Which way is it selfish? Both ways? One um, way? Because they say it's selfish to take your own life, and they say it doesn't take balls. Try killing yourself. I... I, I don't want to. I, right. And it's it's extremely, extremely ballsy, I think, to to do it. But to go to go through with it... um. They say it's selfish, but I think, isn't it selfish the other way? You you don't want that person to die. I think maybe you're also the selfish one because you don't want that person to. Well, you can make that argument for anything that might be but, construed but as But let's selfish. just say that that person just doesn't want to live. What if that person just hates life, mm-hmm. is not happy? You know, you'll see this with rich people all the time. You'll, you, you know, you'll see somebody going, he has everything. Why? How come he's, how come he's depressed and doesn't want to live? Because that's not how fucking that's not how shit works. You you can be happy with everything and just you know be a depressed person that doesn't want to live. So if that person just doesn't want to live, who am I to tell you? That's I, I, look, man. I'm, a, I'm I was a uh, a proponent of uh, Jack Kevorkian, mm-hmm. right? Those people didn't want to live. Those people are also terminally ill. Okay, like I think that's the line for people. Right, but... And the last thing I want to do is encourage anybody to kill themselves. I'm not too. saying go like, and kill yeah. yourself. I'm just saying that when somebody has that, um, I'm not saying that they're wrong, and I'm never going to call somebody selfish. You calling somebody selfish... I didn't. I'm... You, the royal you. Okay. Uh, a, a lot of times is only going to make things worse for the person. Right. You know what I mean? It's like... Because they'll say, oh, it's it's so selfish. Like... I think it's selfish the other way, too. I think it's selfish that if, you know, why do you want that person to stay alive? Because you're being selfish. Because you, you don't want to live without that person in your life. You're not li- You're not walking in that person's shoes. I, I, you know, it's a tough thing. I don't, I don't ever say somebody's wrong for wanting to do it. Would I rather them try to seek help? Absolutely. That's why I think, I think uh, a suicide, you know, uh, hotline, I think, is important to have. But right. I never I'm saying I, I think that we should never call somebody in that situation uh, in any situation when it when it comes on either side selfish. Well, I do think when especially when we're talking about mental illness, it's it's always better to not demonize the person to make them feel lesser than for. Yeah. For whatever thoughts they may have. And and if you are having those thoughts, please do consider help. Please do consider talking to somebody. Uh, trying to exhaust whatever you can as far as mental health goes. And I know it's easier said than done. Right. A lot of people that are having those thoughts have already been through the ringer with mental health. And, by, by no means am I saying, hey, if you're thinking about doing it, just go ahead and do it. Fuck these people. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you're on the other end, don't call somebody selfish for wanting to do it because people have their reasons. You know, that's just how depression works. You know, you can have you can have all the money, you can have all the fame. You have all the girls or guys or whatever it is, you know, you could be, you could, you could seem like you're just a happy person, but there could be something off, whether it's, um, 
some kind of uh what do you call what what do they call that um chemical imbalance. yeah like a chemical yeah. imbalance right yeah but anyway disclaimer kind of over um who died the worst this week is three people who had chosen their own ends and did so in ways which might be pretty bad ways to die uh death number one is uh daniel john o'brien i believe he was english uh he was uh because this involves a british airways airplane and uh this one's pretty simple sometimes these stories have a uh, these who died the worst people have elaborate stories behind them sometimes they have like uh kind of complicated things this one's very straightforward daniel john o'brien jumped into the engine of a uh, 747 jumbo jet Okay. Um, have you ever seen like in movies always do that or in video games yeah. where they, somebody gets stuck in the jet? It's just looks like they got shot through a salad shooter. Yeah. You stuck a tomato in. Yeah. That's what happened to this guy. Like I'm not laughing at him doing that. Right. And dying. I'm laughing at just the the like in, in my mind. That's exactly what I imagined. Like something completely like right. over the top. Mm-hmm. Like there was a movie that just came out recently. Was it that? It was so, like. So kind of game night movie. Game night. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that just happened in in game night. Yeah, I like that movie. Uh, death number two. I did too. So, yeah. uh, David Fial, a fifty year old. This man definitely was from England. He was from um, Bishop Stoke, near Southampton, Hampshire, England. Okay. And he was getting evicted. He was losing an eviction fight, and somehow, some way. Uh, David, to in a in a final act of protest because he was being forced out of his home, he was able to decapitate himself with a chainsaw. Uh, what they believe happened is he took a lot of um, pills and alcohol and other things, possibly, to uh, knock himself out, and rested the chainsaw on his neck, and it was plugged into an outlet that had a timer attached to the socket, so he gave himself ample time to pass out. Uh, with his neck on the chainsaw blade, and when the chainsaw fired on, his head fired off. And that's how I he mean, st- we didn't have to say it that way, but yeah. okay. And that's how he stuck it to the man. This is an act of protest. So death number two is cutting your own head off with a chainsaw. Okay. I don't think, uh, st- I don't think it really stuck it to the man, by yeah. the way. It probably just stuck his head to the wall. Well, that sticks it to the mix. They got all the cleaning because you're taking over that. Maybe they're just knocking it down. Like, yeah, fuck it. They probably weren't really that. Fuck it. We'll get rid of I don't. Th- I don't think the government at that point was like, you know what? Hey, fuck. Yeah. I I do always love somebody who just takes uh, a, an act of stupid revenge when they know they're beat. Like Animal House. Did you ever see the movie Animal House? I actually haven't. It's a great movie. Um, and that's that kind of the very end is that like they know they've lost. They know they're uh, like, spoilers. I've seen I've seen clips from spoilers it. Spoilers if you haven't seen Animal House. They know the the people in the frat have been kicked out of school, uh, so we're just gonna we're gonna fuck up their parade, and then you get kind of get a cool epilogue. Yeah, I've seen I've seen people. clips, but I haven't actually uh, seen the movie in full. One of the first appearances of Kevin Bacon. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, and uh, death number three. Uh, this is an ancient Greece one. You always have to take ancient Greek ones with a uh, grain of salt because we don't know if they're true. Yeah, one of these people were even real. Remember the one where the guy had a turtle dropped on his head like uh, it was reverse Mario? Yeah. Uh, that was an old one. <laughs> I think it was like Aeschylus or something. Uh, death number three is a man named uh, Charondas. He was a Greek lawgiver uh, from Sicily, actually, uh, which I guess was part of ancient Greece at one point, uh, or part of the Greek Empire. And according to legend, um, they had made a law, and he was uh, one of the people that, that had uh, been responsible for it, that anyone who was brought into the assembly... 
uh, with a weapon that brought weapons into the assembly house should be put to death. And uh, one day... Uh, he yeah, because, you know, weapons are bad and we don't want to kill anybody, so... Well, even now you're not allowed to bring weapons into, like, Congress or anything like that. It's okay, but we don't put people to death. That's for true. It. They would just put them in jail. Uh, right, right, right. But that's not killing back, somebody. Back then, they had a death penalty. For, back then, like anything, death penalty. But the, the, I think, what's the idea for not for no weapons? So you don't kill somebody. Right. <laughs> okay. But we're the law, and we'll kill people if we have to. Okay. Now, that's, well. the, that's the idea. Uh, so what this guy did, uh, there was a, an attack near the assembly hall, and Sharondas ran into the assembly hall to seek help uh, in this attack. And he realized when he came in to seek help, that he's got his knife on his belt. He's like, oh shit, I broke the law. I'm going to kill myself now. Because that is the penalty. So death number three is you're so adherent to the law that because in a time of crisis you run into the, the assembly hall with a weapon, you have committed a capital offense and kill yourself to dispense justice. Okay. So I ask you, who died the worst? Well, let's, let's, do, a, let's do a recap of one, two, and three. Death number one. Is jumping into a jet engine air, uh, a jet engine, basically. Right. Death number two is cutting your own head off with a chainsaw. Death number three is I just broke the rules. Uh, it's a it's a offense punishable by death. I will now okay. kill myself. I'm presuming he killed himself with his knife. All right. So I'm going to eliminate right off the bat number two. Okay. The chainsaw guy. Because he set a timer. Yeah. It's gruesome, but he set a timer, and he didn't know he fucking... Yeah, by the time he would have even come to, from being so doped up, he was probably already dead. Right. Uh, so I take that one, because he doesn't know what was going on. So now you leave it between the guy who's uh, stabbing himself, because, oh, shit, I have a weapon, I'm fucking done anyway, mm -hmm. or the uh, airplane guy. The winner this week, I'm giving it to... Greek guy? The airplane guy. Airplane guy. That's the worst way to go? Seems I'm like thinking it'd be very quick because you're yeah, but you're jumping through. You know what's fucking happening. There's that split second in the air. You're like, oh no! What if you have like a last second? You're throwing like, your and yeah, like you could stab yourself. People stab themselves all the time. How many people throw themselves through fucking jet engines? Probably just this one that I know of, at least on purpose. That's just the one I'm going. Sometimes with. there's freak accidents and people get sucked into them. Right, but, right, yeah, right. Yeah, this that, is this is different. This is what I'm going like to to willingly go through one. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going with this week. So. I barely want to willing, willingly get on a jet. Like, that's right. where I am. I, I'll do yeah. it. No, I'm not that afraid to fly. And I never willingly want to watch the Jets. Ugh. Only when they're playing the Eagles, because the Eagles will always win. Yeah, they can't beat the Eagles. They cannot. They so never have. That. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah. That is us uh, ingesting some uh, whiskey, some apple whiskey, as we, we do a show. True that. Not as much of a train wreck as I thought it would be, so that that's pretty cool. Well, that's good. And um, Well, you could, uh, you could check us out on Instagram. At Murder My Dude. Murder My Dude. On Facebook, we're Podcast My Dude. But if you look up Murder My Dude, you'll find us. You'll find us. Uh, Our check website us out on is ProjectHumanoid.com. Yeah, there's that. Uh, check, out, uh, check us out on Instagram. Apple uh, Podcast is called Apple now? Podcast, Google yeah. Podcast. I, I don't really like to push the Project Humanoid website right yeah. now, only because I still haven't gotten around to fixing it. It probably hasn't been fixed or changed up at all since like November. But here, here's the thing with the different pod catching services, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Mm -hmm. Those are the big ones. Uh, Downcast is, I think, one we're big on. Uh, if If your podcast service has the ability to rate us, Please do, especially if you like the show, which I'm assuming if you're still here, you do. 
Uh, a five-star review goes a long way. Yeah. So does telling a friend. Tell a friend about Murder, My Dude. Telephone, tell, phone, tell, tell a friend. Tell them to check it out. And, um, yeah, just keep the word going. If uh, if the, the shop is still working on projecthumanoid.com, buy a shirt. That'd be nice. Support us that way. Uh, it, it, it's not even, a, like, supporting us monetarily, which would be great. It would be great if, you you know, hey, look, if you guys want to send us money, that would be awesome. Yeah. Because that way we could, we could pay for things to get... Uh, new equipment like a new laptop so we could edit things better and we could have uh, I could pump shirts out more for you you know for you guys or different things that would be awesome uh, but really what I would love is for some people to buy hats and shirts that way you're walking around with a murder my dude shirt or hat and somebody goes what is that murder my dude that's cool yeah and we've we've picked up a few fans this week alone just based on the name you know I, I start telling people on mm-hmm. uh meet me and somebody like i'll just it's been a few times this week literally this week alone where i've gone into a live stream and somebody had mentioned true crime and i go oh true crime i have a show yeah and they're like oh really what's it called and i say murder my dude and they're like oh that's a fucking awesome name i have to check it out you know and and then they go and they check it out and uh yeah it's, and then they stop talking to you and they, they don't actually <laughs> oh, okay good i uh they, they don't i've i've actually made a few friends um and a few we picked up a few listeners uh, from it very nice thank you so much new listeners yeah i think that's oh, really man. awesome um i i i'm about to be 40 you are in a few weeks mm-hmm. um i feel i'm becoming a, a a more positive person um except for when i ran about like trump or things like that <laughs> so uh no i i i'm trying to alienate as many people uh less now <laughs> good yeah, that's probably for the best especially if you're trying to build an audience yeah but you know again uh, I've, I've said this a million times yeah, like, if you want to rail against like racist like yeah well maybe i don't want a racist listen to my yeah, I, I don't yeah. want i don't exactly. want right you, look if, you, if you're a trump supporter and you it's literally it was because you're, you're not a racist and it was just like that's just you, you know the party thing i thought he was gonna make america great right if it's really if that's really what your thing is but at this point you still haven't changed or whatever because it's hard because some of those people they still think that they're on the right side yeah that's hard i probably understand your viewpoint a little bit better but if you're like well fuck fuck poor people and fuck minorities and fuck illegals because they're minorities right uh and poor and people (laughs) then yeah then we we could definitely have zero dialogue uh, but but uh, on the more positive spin on it, if you are feeling generous, you are really enjoying the show. Uh, this show is hosted on Anchor, yeah. And our main page on Anchor, it's a very simple URL. It's Anchor.fm/slash/MurderMyDude. Yeah, all one word. And when you go on that website, uh, it'll say Murder My Dude by Murder My Dude. Join hosts Jackson Wells and BP Burke yep. as they take a comedic look, comedic look at murders, murderers, and murdidly murderers, my dude. Yeah. Right below that. There'll be a few different things. Uh, there's something that says listen on Spotify. And if you're so inclined, go ahead. Uh, and then there's another button. And then there's a button after that that just says message. You could always send us a message if you'd like. We'd, we'd love that. In the middle, uh, there's three buttons there. The one in the middle, it has a little circle with a dollar sign on it. And it just says support. You're, we would be over the moon yeah. if you had a dollar, if you had 50 cents, if you had a quarter, if you have 
five hundred dollars. Stick with a dollar. If you have a dollar and yeah. above. If you have a dollar. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But every little bit. <laughs> oh, oh, this guy wants. I, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I a, was about to give you seventy five cents. Yeah. But you want a dollar? But you want a dollar? Fuck this guy. No. You know, I I would definitely. I, I was about to say you know what? Fuck you. But now you go ahead. No, Whatever I would love. I would do. love any 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 amount of any amount of uh, support. Yeah. Uh, given. Uh, also, it's a virtual y- tip. If if we've made your day better, give us a tip. It would be very nice. You can email us at murdermydude at gmail dot com. You can. We're there. Um, and send us pictures if you want. Send us uh, if you buy some merch. Send us pictures like with you with the. I had a thing that I was doing for a while where um, I was sending out uh, stickers, mm-hmm. and then I was having people take selfies with the stickers, and I was going to post those on the page. I still have them. I don't think I ever did. Because I was gonna, I was gonna do like Instagram posts with them, right? And then do like a a page on a website that I I never did. Um, there there are a lot of reasons why I don't. Um, and I I try not. I hate when people ask me things, and I just like I just start like slowly backing away. And mm-hmm. I hate when people do that to me, but I find myself doing it to other people. Uh, so let me just address something real quick right here i got a message today from somebody who says hey do you want to do some episodes while we have some downtime and it was tony mm-hmm. uh and he, I, I i i assume he was talking about and i haven't even messaged him yet about this so it's kind of a little odd that i'm doing this here and not there uh the, the thing is is i i assume he was asking me about talking back right uh yeah, I know he's been like just recording a million things. Right. He's been just nonstop recording. The thing is, is that um, we talked about mental illness earlier. There are, th- I have, I build up, like, I build these, like, uh, like obstacles and hurdles and shit, uh, and like these walls. Um, and I kind of, I- I've gone through this. I talked to therapists about this, and it's almost like some therapists don't even understand. I'm like, I, I build these fucking things and this has been going on for years. This is the same way I didn't, same reason why I didn't want to go to doctors because you build these things. And in their view, it's nothing's wrong with you unless it's actually documented. So if you, if you break your leg, right, mm-hmm. unless you go to the hospital, they have no record. Your leg isn't broken. Right. Even though, you know, your leg's broken. Mm-hmm. You could show it to a million people. Right. Your leg's not broken to them. Mm-hmm. If you have um panic attacks every day or like whatever unless you're going to the hospital and it's being you know recorded you're not having panic attacks every day right i have panic attacks a lot i don't go to a fucking hospital all the time for it so in their in their mind i don't have it all the time trust me i know because i had to go to i had to go to a fucking uh i had this whole court thing that i had to go to because of this like I had a, I had to sit in front of a judge and I had to talk to, you know, involving something, but, and it was that whole thing. Like, unless you're going to the, to the hospital all the time and it's being recorded, it didn't happen. Right. That's a shitty fucking way to look at something. Especially in, in America where many people can't afford to go to the hospital all the time. And the, the therapist that I went to, you had like a three strike rule. Um, you know, some people have panic attacks and have anxiety and don't want to go to a doctor yeah, that's because a, that's they're, thing, yeah. they don't want to make phone calls because they're having, so what happens if that person is going through some shit? Yeah. And, a- it, and, and it brings me to me with, with the show, I've been kind of putting it off and putting it off. Uh, just cause, I, cause I'm going through shit. 
You know, this is something I regularly do. I've already done this. You know, we do this every week. You do all the, all the work with this. And maybe that's a part of it. Maybe I'm like, all right, I know I have a, a lot of shit, you know, and ahead of me, cause I have to come up with the, the different topics. I have to find the different people, you know, cause, cause the idea is I talk old like cartoons and toys and right. TV shows right. and just fond memories from, you know, from childhood or whatever. Um, so I'll, I'll get to it. You know, it's, it's one of those things I'll get to it, but I don't really have a, a time frame in mind right now. I, I, we talked the last time we talked about it, I said probably June and it might be June, might be July, might be August. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I, you know, now I think about it, it's like, yeah, I probably should get, but I guess I don't like being rushed with anything. You know, I like to show up when I show up. It's like right. parties. Like go to, if you tell me a party starts at seven, I'm probably not going to be there until fucking eight o'clock because it's the cool thing to do. They say, you know, it's, it's like a thing, I guess in Hollywood, it's like the, it's, it's cool to be late. Right. You know, where you like to be early for things. No, I don't want to show up at a party where I'm the only fucking guy. I'm one of the first people there. The lights are all on and you're just sitting there like a fucking dipshit. You have to wait 30 fucking minutes before everybody else shows up. Because everybody, nobody else wants to show up on fucking time. I think that allows me to ease into it. If it came in and it would be packed, I would be overwhelmed. Opposite for me, because less eyes would be on me. Because I feel that if there's a whole lot of people in there. I have it in my head that even though it's Nobody's going to stop and look at you. I, I know that's true. And I, I, it's my head, my head tells me different. Like, I know what you're saying is correct. Right. No, absolutely. That's why we all, we all have our own yeah, way we all, you, we of dealing with anxiety. Yeah. yeah. It's the threshold for me. It's, it's leading up to the, to getting over that, that threshold, you know, going through that doorway. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not making a, a fucking self-deprecating fat joke about myself, about getting through the doorway. It's literally, for me, it's like, I'm fine once I get through the door. Right. Once I get through the door, then it's like, all right, they see me because I hate myself. I hate the way I look. You know, I, I, I hate the way that, because I think when I talk to people, and I've experienced this lately mm-hmm. on Meet Me. I'm on there. I don't even have a fucking picture of myself. It's an alien. Right. People don't know who I am. So it's less fucking personal for them. Right. It's just like, oh, it's human. Because I go by the name human on there, right? Yep. So I'm human. And last night I was in one of the chats and this this dude, his name is Noah. Super nice kid. I mean, this dude's a sweetheart. Like one of the genuinely, like I've known him for like over a month now. Mm-hmm. And when I first started going on, going on there, I was man of a thousand names. And then I changed my name like a week later to human. Well, he just calls me Jack. And we, I, I start seeing him in all these different streams that I was in last night. And he'd be like, Jack. And it was on two different occasions. Somebody was like, uh, this one girl was like, like, oh, I know your government name now, human. <laughs> and I didn't want to be like, it's kind of common knowledge. Right. You know, but mm-hmm. because... She thought, you know, it was it was cute though. Yeah, it's like, like it's a big revelation, right, right. And then, like, I was in another one, and she was like, "This girl goes, oh my god." She's like, "Wait, so did I just find out your name's Jack?" Right. And I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "Oh my god, I feel like, like it's more personal now." Right. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of what I didn't want with certain right. streams that I go in." Mm-hmm. Because I'm human, and I kind of yeah. like... It's, th- it's good when you're in like a very tight-knit group. Like I have a, a bunch of friends, like online friends, that I've been friends with for years. We send Christmas gifts to each other and shit like that. Right. And, and a lot of them know my name. A lot of them, I know a lot of their names. Yeah. 
But yeah, if it was like a bigger group, it'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. Um, I'll drop a name for for instance. Mm-hmm. There's one character, uh, one character, one streamer. Her name is Vodka. Mm-hmm. Vodka. Not a real name, right? No. Okay, good. I don't know her real name. Cranberry. <laughs> I don't know her real name. That's her middle name. She goes by her middle name. Her first name is Vodka. I it's it's Vodka Cranberry. Yeah. yeah. I, I I honestly I don't know her her name. I don't want to know her name. But I mean, it's one of those things like you become family with somebody after a certain amount of time. This reminds me of the old AOL days or early like pal talk days mm-hmm. where it's inevitable. I think that if you're around a certain amount of people for so long, right, you become like you just become part of that community. So I probably will end up knowing this person's name maybe not who knows maybe you know maybe they'll stay that guarded because i know that they said her name before somebody one of her friends when she was like said her name and she was like don't say my name you know like and i actually missed what her name was right like i didn't hear it Mm -hmm. uh because i I wasn't paying attention and i'm like motherfucker like god damn it because i want to know but i don't want to know you know it's one of those situations so for but for me for the first time in my 23 years of being on the internet I kind of want to, because you know me, I'm an open book. I tell everybody my business yeah. all the time. I'm a very closed book. So yeah. you, you absolutely yeah. are. Um, and and I, I sometimes expect everybody to be the way I am, and I have to be more respectful of the way other people are because they don't want their business all over the place. I'm right. from South Philly. We didn't. There was no. This is a place where you just came. You fucking. Yeah. You walk in people's houses and shit. Yeah. There's a reason you talk about yourself and I read the stories on the show. It, it works. Right. Like that, that's our roles. That's yeah. the di- dynamic here. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, for the first time in my 23 years of being on the internet, I'm. Ki- I was like, I kind of like being human and not me. Right. Because it's kind of like a double thing. Like I'm a human. I feel like I'm. I'm just like, wow, I'm just a, an, an ordinary guy, but it, there's also a little bit of mystique to me right. for some of these people because they don't know my name. Mm-hmm. Now that now that my name was exposed and two of these people, th- now they know my name and it does, it's like, oh, you're just a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just man. a dude. But before there was, there was, because I heard, I swear to you, dude, I swear on my kids. Somebody said to me, and I don't know, it was like a week or two ago. Somebody was like, I'm really intrigued by you. Like, I want to know, like, I want to know what you look like. And I want to, and I'm like, why? Yeah. Just like, and I always before wanted to be like, you know what? I kind of wish in a sense that I didn't put my Instagram right out. It's in my profile. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I wish I didn't put my pictures on there. I wish I was just human. Right. And I kind of had my own persona. And even if I got on camera, like I wore some kind of like mask. It's or- okay. Now everybody's doing it. Just not in Flint. Don't do it in Flint. <laughs> no, please do it in Flint. Everybody do it. Fix the fucking water there too. They fix that shit yet? No. Probably not. No, they don't care. Fix fix everything in Flint. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just, it, it's for the first time I'm like, uh, my, I'm changing my thinking. Like, it's strange. It's a strange thing. But anyway. Anyway, uh, that about wraps everything up. We will be back uh, with more. I don't know what our topic's going to be next week. I wanted to almost do like a Ripper series because there's also an Ipswich Ripper, but maybe that'll come a little bit later. I think we might come back stateside next week. I don't know yet. It's it's going to be a mystery. And uh, whatever it is, we're going to get into it in detail. Uh, we're going to do This Week in Murder. We're going to do Who Died the Worst, all your favorite segments. And I'm sure you'll tell some kind of story at some yeah. point. I, I, and at some point... 
We should bring back the Florida Man game. <laughs> that was like a Patreon exclusive. When we had a Patreon. What was the other? What was the other uh, thing we did? We had close calls. That's kind of folded into this week in murder. Do you want to do Florida Man game next week instead of this week in murder? Do we do it on this week in murder break? Or we could do both. It's a lot of work. Oh, uh, yeah, we could do both. Fine. Okay. We'll just make the story itself shorter. Maybe you know, we will do. Let, let, let's just let's just take it to Florida next week. We'll let's find it. a Florida story. That way we oh, can. How are we ever going to find a story about a wacky murder in I know, Florida? I know it'll so, never happen. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that it would. I'm just saying. Let, I made a uh, I made a great joke it. today online, by the way, <laughs> um, uh, because I guess um, surprise, surprise, uh, Donald Trump is fighting with somebody on Twitter. Hmm. He's fighting with Joe Scarborough, uh, the MSNBC host. Yeah, I know who Scarborough he is. Country. Yeah. And he was saying something about how Florida should investigate him because I guess he, I, I don't know if he's from Florida. I know he's a congressman. Pronouns, pal. Joe Scarborough. Was saying. Uh, Trump was saying that they should investigate Scarborough for this unsolved uh, mystery. See, you said he, he. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Pronouns, I know. Uh, apparently, there was a staffer when Scarborough was a congressman. And... Um, the Stafford died at his office and she was like 20 years old. I think she had a seizure and hit her head. Oh, Jesus. And it's pretty clear that that's what happened. But I guess there's some like wild conspiracy theory that she was murdered and, and that Joe Scarborough did it. I guess like people who don't like him are saying that. Okay. And it's, it's, it's something that's been very significantly disproven, but that hasn't like the truth never stops Donald Trump from saying something uh, that he, that he wants to say. But uh, one of the things he was saying is like, yeah, this should be a Florida cold case. And uh, the, this one message board I'm on, they were talking about, I'm like, a Florida cold case is when you keep a six-pack of Miller Lite in the toilet tank in case the hurricane takes the power out. <laughs> That's a Florida cold case. And with that joke being delivered, we will see you next week with more murder. My dude. I'm just kidding, Sunderland. You know I love you.